Hello, pals. It's me, D. Trussell, and this is the Dunker Trussell Family Hour podcast. And today, one of my best friends on planet Earth is here with us, Johnny Pemberton. My God, he is brilliant. Hilarious comedian. If you happen to be in New York, you can catch him live. Also, he's got a wonderful Twitch channel. It's at Johnny Pemberton. And I'm so proud of the podcast that I've been creating with Johnny. It's called The Leather Rose. It's indescribable, but if you want to see it, check out my YouTube channel. There's going to be a live video of a recent one that we did. It should be up there by the time you listen to this. It's at Duncan Trussell on YouTube. If you want commercial-free episodes of the DTFH, go to patreon.com forward slash DTFH and subscribe. You'll get access to our Discord server, which means you can connect to a family that will eventually be more important to you than your own life. Also, we get together twice a week, just about, for a weekly meditation and a family gathering. I hope that you will subscribe. Now, everybody, please welcome one of the smartest, funniest people living on planet Earth today, the great Johnny Pemberton. Johnny, welcome back to the DTFH. I'm so excited to have you on. I know that a lot of people probably don't know <laughs> what you've been up to. And uh, it's just crazy to me that you're finally able to talk about the fact that you have shifted careers and are now an executive <laughs> at Halliburton. How did no, that fucking great. happen, man? But what about comedy? You're so funny. Why? Why? They have a huge comedy program inside the executive suites at Halliburton. It's all insulator. It's all insulated. It's all like um, – it's like being on a, one of those cruise ships. You know what I mean? You mean you Everything could still do, need, you do nothing stand Yeah, there's a whole scene there. There's multiple clubs. In the, in the facility. Yeah, there's, a, there's like a bit – there's like an underground sort of like a black box 45-seat theater. 45. That's cool. Yeah, I guess 45 to work seat, on also a 250-seat sort of a proscenium stage sort of like Cobbs in San Francisco. And there is a um, – there's a 150-seat kind of like a – it's more of like a, a classic mid-sized club you'd see like in uh, the south or something like that. It's great. It's awesome. A lot of cool comics – you know, wow. on the scene there. That's They're all totally not what too. I, that's completely not how I pictured the job. I thought that I picture, I was just trying to picture you like in a suit or whatever, like designing weapons. You can wear a suit if you want to. They actually well, have a, on Tuesday nights, it's a eighties night. And it's, so it's like, dude, it's like all you do your hack stuff. It's like a throwback. It's really fun. But you now, the other thing that I think is a little weird about it. No offense, man. I'm I'm happy whenever anybody. No offense. Don't say that. I'm not going to get offended. Okay. You can't offend me. I'm happy for you. 
I, I, I love you. I want you to be happy. But right. I just when you told me it didn't make it didn't make sense. I guess now it's kind of making sense. But still, like, what, what about, you know, you're you're not only one of the funniest comics I know, you're also a really great actor. Like, yeah, like what about that part of your life? Like, is there acting at Halliburton? Yeah, I mean, there's there's also uh, the Black Box Theater. You can do plays there. There's all kinds of stuff. It's really open to doing whatever you want. It's a real, um, you don't, you, what they say is you can make of what we have how you will. It's your, it's you yours to play. You can make of what we have how you will? Yeah, you can make what we have how you will. You can make what we have how you will. That's their saying? Mm-hmm. It's a circle, sounds- it's in a circle too. You can make what we have how you will. Seems like an anagram or something. I I, I wouldn't think about it too much. That's no, I'm not going to stop thinking about don't it. Don't think now. about it too much. Wait, hold on. You can make. What is it? You can make. You can make what we have. You can make of what we have how you will. You can make of what we have how you will. Yeah. Hold on. You can make of what. We have how you will. A lot of W's, a lot of Y's. Hold on. Isn't there the thing like in, in the Jewish Bible where every word combination. The Torah? In the Torah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Every word combination makes a number, right? Yeah, definitely. So what is that called? Different. That's called. Um, it's called numerology, right? No, it's called. There's a name for it. It's called. Uh, uh, Hasid, Hasidism, Hasidivism? I'm just curious what number that adds up to. What other words that that equals? Uh... Anyway, look, it, it doesn't matter. It just seems a little creepy. Something about that just seems really creepy. I mean, also, what about the fact that that you're working for a company that like is making weapons? Well, yeah, they make weapons, but they also make great furniture. Halliburton makes furniture. That's how they got started. Yeah. No furniture sh- first. That's what they call themselves. It's, it's FF. You'll see a little tiny, tiny FF before everything they do. It says tiny FF furniture. So you're first. working in the furniture manufacturing part yeah. of the company. You're not working you on weapons. What do you I mean, say? I'm like- working on, they switch us around all the time. It's a revolving. You know, you're here for a little bit, then you're there for a little bit. You're really uh, all over the place. It's you're supposed to. You're not supposed to specialize because they think that. Um, that breeds like uh, a certain type of contention among people who work there. So they want you to just, you know, branch out, meet people. Do you, get, is it like a writer's lost. room? Like when you're working on weapons, is it like a writer's room? Do people pitch out weapons or how does that even look? Like what does that look well, like? Well, we have a big, we have a barbecue. It's a constant barbecue. It's been going on for about, uh, I think, 16 years straight. A 16 years straight barbecue. Yeah. It's never hasn't stopped yet. There's always someone there cooking like a burger, steaks, maybe smoking like a a, a suckling pig, something. Maybe just some little old classic 1919 hamburgers, sliders, and um and a, a tray of beef tallow. Like it might just be that, you know. And it's so rules. over barbecue, that's where you pitch your weapons ideas. Yeah, you just hang out, and that that's the writer's room. It's just the barbecue. You don't have to eat meat too. They do all kinds of vegetables. Yeah, it's really veg- good. Vegetarian. Well, that's nice. Yeah. But do you? So, can you share any like weapons ideas you've pitched or no, furniture no. ideas you've pitched? <laughs> no. No. Come on. Um, well, let's just say, 
I'll say one thing. You know how they always talk about like, uh, like people want to stay in their their recliner. People don't want to leave their. A lot of people once they sit in their recliner, they don't want to get up. Okay, right. Yeah, sure. I'm You're not going to have to. That's so sinister. Like a recliner weapon. It's not a weapon so much as it is. I mean, what is a weapon? So wait, wait, wait. You're telling me you combined their furniture with their weapons program. That's it's not so much in combination. Like one part of them was great and then the other was atrocious and you went in and like made some hybrid. Like, why don't we bring the two departments together? Now well, it I didn't makes do sense. it. I didn't do that. Okay. Everything was before me. I'm just a part of the you know, it's like, at what point is is a water droplet part of the river, you know? It's kind of like hard to say. It, what point is the river making recliner bombs? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question to ask. I'll bring that up at the next uh, team barbecue. So what do you guys do? You just like parachute recliners onto the battlefield hoping someone like sits in them? Or what? what is that's No, that's that's the furniture department. I mean, everything, everything does everything. Everything's like a full on. Don't say that. Don't say everything. Everything is everything? everything? Nothing is everything. Well, um, nothing, everything is nothing. No, nothing is everything. Well, is black all the colors or none of the colors? Black is. I think it's. It's all the colors, right? Terry, is black all the colors? No, not anymore. Hey, hey Michael, did, did Terry just ask you? Yeah, why did you tell him that? Michael, you tell Terry that it's blacks all the colors? Sorry about that. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Terry just told me it's all the colors. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to cut to a commercial. We'll be right back. Okay. Thanks Squarespace, not just for supporting this podcast for so long, but for creating the technology that allows me to put the DTFH online. I'm going to tell you all about the awesome things Squarespace does, but just go to DougAtrussell.com and behold, a fantastic website of such epic beauty that if you're an aesthetic person, if you're an empath, there's a 100% chance that you will have an orgasm, depending on where the moon is in the sky, of course. Now, Squarespace, perfect if you want to start a website for your podcast. They have got everything you need, including members-only areas. That means you can create a paywall so you can give special content to your members. They also have a video studio where you can create pro-level videos effortlessly. It's incredible. And they've got email campaigns. So if you want to send out emails to your clients or fans, you can do that using Squarespace's incredible design technology. They also connect all of your social media accounts in one place, meaning you can display posts from your social profiles on your websites. And they've got the best analytics out there. I love them. Whether you want to create a podcasting website or any kind of website at all, Squarespace 
has everything you might possibly need. So give them a shot. Head over to squarespace.com forward slash Duncan. Try it out for free. When you're ready to launch, use offer code Duncan. You're going to get 10% off your first order of a website or a domain. Again, it's squarespace.com forward slash Duncan. Use offer code Duncan to get 10% off your first order of a website or a domain. Squarespace, I love you. Thank you for sponsoring the show. So, Johnny. Hey, baby. Uh, you know what? I know there's, like, I, I don't know what you can even talk about, but you're right. in New York right now. Is right, it, I'm in is New it, York. I could see behind you the beautiful New York skyline. Are you guys about to get hit by this, like, super snowstorm? No, that's... I wish we were. I'm so disappointed, man. I was really uh, hoping that we get to – I actually thought about going up to Buffalo somehow, like, just doing a little uh, a little bit of – um. Hitchhiking to get, to get to Buffalo just to hitchhike into the worst snowstorm of all time. Is it, people are saying this is like literally like there's never yeah. been anything like this. It's pretty cool though, if you think about it. That to me, extreme weather. There, it rained here the other day, like last week. Yeah, and I was stuck. I was outside. I was trying to run an errand. I yeah. was so happy. It just felt so good to have like a, I have a new rain jacket on and I'm trudging in the uh, the wet. The, having like the winds hit my face, all the water droplets and stuff. I mean, I think it's still totally a novelty to me. It's so much fun to that, – that's the thing about weather. There's not, nothing you can do about it, right? It's fully right. and totally – you get to – it's the rare chance you get to just be like, well, I guess I can't go to work or, well, I guess we're not going to have to do that thing I don't want to do that no one wants to do. That's like yeah. – I miss that so much. All that up, is you know, great up, until the power goes out. Yeah, but if you're if you uh, if you're anticipating that, then um, you can handle it. I mean, a lot of, most places have a fireplace. You should have a fireplace, probably. Not most places have a fire. <laughs> I guess you're right. Not most places have a fireplace, but um, yeah, most places have a marble lion that produces <laughs> the heat generated. From... I'm just thinking about the last apartment I stayed in had a little fireplace in it. It was so cool that it had like a little yes, it's an old apartment. You know, it's an old yeah, one. all the new yeah. ones. They don't have fireplaces. Yeah, you're fucked if the heat goes out. You're fucked. And even if you mm-hmm. do have a fireplace, you still have to get wood. And then, like, you know, so I do yeah. know what you mean where all of a sudden, you know, sometimes the weather will just say fuck you to civilization and be like, no, we're we're back in 1 AD. We're back in, like, there, whatever, your dumb little civilization. It was well, cute and 300 everything. 300 years ago, not even now. Like, we're 300 years, years ago. ago now. It's just mm-hmm. forget all the whole electricity stuff. I like that you guys did that and everything, but we're just going to just get rid of the electricity thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. We're like three weeks away from just, you know, going back to the way shit was before this little, like, bump in history that we call the, uh, the Industrial Revolution or the Technological See, that- Revolution. That's what you would like. You would like it where the snow does everything but kill the power, and I want it to kill the power. I would like to be um, thrust into 
That's the difference. Too. You know what? That's the difference between someone who has kids and someone who doesn't. Uh, yes, definitely. Someone who doesn't have kids is like, I don't need this fucking power. You got kids. You're like, oh, man, I need my fucking noise machine. There's gonna, we need baths. We got it. Like, this is serious. I, I got some want... old bread, a half a jar of peanut butter, and a case of beer. Yeah, I got some friends. I got a bunch of rope, some blankets. Oh my God, I mean, John got some it's books. Like, the other thing, weather. It's like. When you get that reminder of how fragile oh, everything yeah. actually is. Like, uh, you think it's so solid. You think it's just, like, guaranteed internet. Guaranteed. Even if you're in the back of your head, you're like, I know that, like, sometimes this doesn't work. When that shit happens and you realize, like, no. It could just be that the whole technological revolution was, like, a, 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 a minuscule phase in human yeah. evolution. I mean, it technically is right now. It's still very much just a tiny, 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 tiny little part of time. Like it's so But everybody small, thinks it's... it leads to something more. Like the general consensus right. is like this will lead to the AI, which will lead to the nanobots, which will lead to some, you know, wild alien future. But like within the, the conversation, very little is said about, oh, just everything just stops working. Yeah, it gets as high as it can get, and then it all of a sudden turns to dust. Maybe that's the whole point of it. It's just to get to um, – you build something so high that it falls over. Tower of Babel. Technology. Exactly. Yeah, the Tower of Babel. It's just – the Tower of Babel was really a story about like, well, actually built into the sector of the universe that you're – uh, the sector of the galaxy that planet Earth is, you you, you weren't a, aware of the laws of Zamanthanex? Well, the laws of Zamanthanex says you can only build an AI to tier seven, and, and your planet built it to tier eight. So, yeah, we're going to do a back switch. Well, tier, tier eight is the reset. So, once you hit tier eight, it just, it's, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in this dimension to be, to be on tier eight. Yeah. If you can't figure out how to transcend, if your particular, Universal, your your particular incarnation can't figure out how to transcend to that dimension to accept tier eight, and it just resets and it starts all over again, like one of those um, like one of those those robots that tries to do tries to solve a maze, like cause, you know when it goes down super fast, hits a dead end, goes back up. It's like that kind of shit, and we're just on yeah we're that robot in the maze, and we we hit a dead end if we uh, go to tier yeah. eight at the wrong incarnation. Yeah, the, these assumptions, <laughs> right? The assumptions of that, yeah. that that we've already figured out all the laws of the universe. Like we know, obviously, you don't jump off a cliff, you right. don't put your hand in fire, but nobody knows. Like, oh, you don't fucking build an AI to that level. If you do that, you alert the the Phrenizians, and they have to come and like redistrict your planet. <laughs> well, the, the, the fucking the donkeys show up. Yeah, just a bunch of donkeys. Just, just with like, huge dicks. Just, just big old donkey dicks show up, and they just blast you. They're, they're giant donkey dicks come like a wrecking ball. You were warned. Or did you not see Goblia Techi? Did you not see the hieroglyphs were clearly on the pyramids showing not to do that? What are you fucking talking about? I didn't see anything. I mean, did you watch Graham Hancock's? I haven't watched it yet. I got to watch that. Oh, God, John. It's great. You got to watch it. Oh, my God. He is like, this guy is like, just like riveting. He's like, he's Indiana Jones. He is the, the real deal. 
the real deal, the real deal. And the, like, it's so, the, to me, the, like, there's so many creepy things about any of it, right? Regardless of like some of the, uh, what, what is his hypothesis, I won't spoil it, but. This is about ancient civilizations? Well, yeah, it's just like, there's, you know, he's really good at emphasizing that they knew how to do that. Like they knew how to build that thing, whatever it is, the snake mound, the the ziggurat, the whatever. But it wasn't just that they did that. They knew how to precisely align it Mm -hmm. with, you know, the summer equinox or with, you know, specific planetary formations. That yeah, that produce... stuff is insane, how, how it's possible. Right. Like for all of us who like have to have our Google Maps on to get to the grocery mm-hmm. store, like they're like perfectly aligning massive slabs of stone mm-hmm. to sort of line up with the serious, you know, like and, – and then, and then within that there's all these like mythologies which just get discounted. You're like, okay – Whatever the fuck your stupid mythology is, like, great, you got the big rocks to line up with whatever the thing is, and that's great, congratulations, but we're not going to pay attention to your reports of how you learned how to do that. That's bullshit. The stones are real, but the whole thing about the guy from the sea with the fucking info about how to do crops, who says he came from a place that was destroyed by the gods because they were to disobeying the laws of the gods. Shut the fuck up. It reminds me of the whole idea. Remember in math class when like when you were like in fourth or fifth grade or whatever, when the whole thing was you have to show your work. You can't just get the answer. You have to show your work because you have to show how you got there. And if you deny all this stuff, if you deny all the mythology, but you're just looking at the results right. of it, Right. You're basically acting like they just used a calculator. They didn't use a calculator at all. They did this all longhand somehow. Yeah. And that's somehow. that's yeah, that's the that's the work is well we listened to this um this cloud formation and we noticed these all these very subtle things and we decided to to build on them. And maybe yeah, there's no way to know obviously to what extent is an intervention and what is um observation, but that's like yeah, denying all the mythology of it is just completely Denying the the journey, which is the most interesting part of it, like the fact you right. did it is great, but how you got there, that's always the coolest thing. I mean, it's when like, and he's so good at like pointing that part of like archaeology out, where it's like, here you have, you know, what's we crazy is like I can't remember the name of like the particular pyramid, this massive pyramid. And then they realize from doing like scans, oh, actually, there's another pyramid inside that pyramid. Mm-hmm. Well, they Russian dolled pyramid. So it's not just this one massive pyramid. They built a pyramid around that pyramid and a pyramid around that pyramid and a pyramid around that pyramid till inside there's a kind of smaller pyramid that connects to natural springs. So you age Ooh. date you age date the oldest part of the thing and you get a certain time when the pyramid was built. But when you start going underneath and age dating it, all of a sudden it keeps going further and further and further back. And that's where he's controversial is because archaeologists are like, no, no, no. We, the, the, the people weren't doing – there was the Stone Age. No one was like capable of doing any of this shit back then. And it's like, okay, well then what about the fact that this is – How do they do it? Because they did it. They did it. 
not only did they did it, they aligned it with Sirius. And then mm-hmm. so, but let's, then, then it's like, you know, but let's not take any of like what they carved on these rocks seriously. Even <laughs> that's the other crazy thing is yeah. that uh, like uh, around the planet, like various civilizations that never made contact with each other doing the same thing simultaneously yes and versions of the same story a guy showed up with a beard he said he came from this place he taught us how to do this stuff it's just crazy it's so mind-blowing to like think about coincidence it's too it's too much uh coincidence it's too high too high of a coincidence to not be uh yeah it can't be coincidental I mean, it could be, but the more it is, the less likely it is. Right? I mean, the odds of it. I guess, like, you could argue that I remember in psychology class, uh, Carl Jung, they were, like, we we're studying Carl Jung, the famous psychotherapist, and mm-hmm. he, I think, worked in a mental hospital where a schizophrenic started, like, yammering about, like, how the sun has a dick. And the dick touches the earth. Like, you know, stuff that like normal people, if you heard, you know, anyone screaming that out, you would, you know, you might be a little turned Across on. Across the street. Yeah. But you you would just be like, all right, whatever. But Jung had this like w- library of like all these like anthropological studies of uh, various like uh, indigenous cultures. And he remembered like th- this guy was like articulating specifically the cosmology of this one rare group of like, I don't know, an almost an uncontacted tribe mm-hmm. from wherever. And so oh, like, wow. and so that's, so Jung started coming up with this idea of the collective unconscious, the idea that we all, we have our subjective dreams, but there's the dream of humanity and that maybe that there's a, a guy in mind or something. So maybe from his perspective, the reason that, you know, all the, these, un, these, various civilizations that never met each other have similar mythologies is because, well, there are, it's all, it's one, it's the collective showing up regardless of like literal contact with one another. I guess if you wanted to come up with a really shitty argument for why, and you also in the midst of that want to discount what every single one of these, can you imagine like you somehow with your people managed to build a pyramid that to this day we don't know how they fucking built it right you paint it you carve inside the pyramid well here's how we built it you see this guy came they had new magic they taught us how to do this well, they stuff new magic <laughs> yeah yeah they new magic mag- they, knew, they knew like they knew how to do magic oh, they knew, they knew, like, they knew how to connect some new, to some some fresh magic to them it was new magic so you like mm-hmm. you're specific you're like you draw the picture of the fucking ufo with a like, they came out of the sky they came from sirius they told us to align the thing with their civilization so we could receive signals from them and you show it on there and then modern mm-hmm. people are like yeah the pyramid's fucking impressive but whatever who cares what they had to say about how they did it you're just like fuck their stupid story that's not real that couldn't have happened that would be very frustrating probably if you realize like modern people would just be like whatever the pyramid's cool i guess i don't really care but who cares so frustrating maybe it maybe it tells the uh the magic givers that uh we're not really worth or not really worth sending any new magic to because 
It's like uh, if you're not grateful or interested in something, it gives someone a message like why would you want to give someone something if they just don't want it whatsoever? Maybe that's right. Maybe that's a thing that's happening. Right. Could they were be. just like, don't go back there. They're assholes. They just don't give a fuck about like any kind of cool – like especially if you're just some pyramid fetishist alien civilization. They just don't like pyramids. <laughs> Why don't they keep building yeah. pyramids? Oh, my God. What's that skyscraper? We told them to make pyramids. Fuck them. I mean the collective unconscious thing makes – to me, that always has made so much sense. It can't not be true. Because nothing else could possibly explain those things than something like that. And everyone's experienced something that, that hints at the idea of a collective unconsciousness. Everyone. Even the most like jaded people had a thing. I mean, you call it like, oh, it was a coincidence. What a coincidence. Right. But how, how is it? There's so many coincidences that, coincidences that happen that you have to – it has to mean something more than just just randomness. Yeah. It's, it's, too, you- uh, it's too bold. It's too like – constant and accurate for it to be just nothing it seems like something a very sophisticated joke thief in comedy would be like look man i just tuned into the yes, collective exactly. unconscious i didn't was i at your show did i see you do that exact joke mm-hmm. maybe but i don't remember but what happened was i collect it's the collective it's not even oh, a joke i just got anyway. a collective un- you, did, you read, did you read that book i told you about the one um big magic by elizabeth what's her last name i forget i started name. listening to it but i didn't i didn't get further yeah. along the way but i did yeah, get the, the first audible. little part is not the best but it starts to get kind of pretty cool when she talks about ideas and stuff and like this whole idea of like a muse it's very similar to that cuz she talks about how she thinks a lot of people think that if you get an idea and you don't take oh, yeah. action with it so it'll the idea will go to someone else. Right. Yeah, I liked that part of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't if you're like the the muse is just looking like for a printer that works and if your mm-hmm. printer's jammed up the muse will just go to another printer. Yeah. I mean that kind of th- all the stuff she says in there is very very um on point with that idea of things just being like some sort of a back end, like a back end to everything, like the other side. I always think about that whole idea how they just recently discovered about how uh, just the existence, the definite existence of dark matter and how it's the majority of the matter, like it's slightly the majority of the matter is dark matter and how that is, that's such a – I mean the fact that that is, is known is so incredibly – I don't want to say deep, but it just it means so much that there's most of what is out there, we don't even know how to look at it. We have no All idea right. how to access it. It is completely and totally unavailable except for like the tiniest fragment of time that we're able to measure inside a fucking tube under the ground in Switzerland. Otherwise, yeah. it just doesn't exist. We have no, no knowledge of it. And if that's the case, think about how much – is just not even not even visible in the visible light spectrum. That's like a tiny, 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 tiny fragment of our awareness as humans. So there's got to be just just fucking an un, unfathomable, unfathomable amount of it's unfathomable. something of a thing that is able to travel or transmit or communicate or something like that. Like there's no way to possibly understand it. What do you think it is? 
I mean, that's what I, I have no idea. I think it's Roll probably the dice. we're in Vegas. It's like, okay, what's dark matter? What, what is, what aren't we seeing? What I think it's, uh, it's dimensional. It's gotta be dimensional. It's like the thing where, you know, you've seen like someone try to explain like a ziggurat. That's what, that's the, uh, the fourth dimension, the f- fourth dimensional square. You mean a tesseract? The, yeah, a tesseract. Not a zig. What is a ziggurat? That's a, ziggurat's a pyramid. <laughs> ziggurat's a pyramid. Tesseract. A tesseract. The tesseract. Yeah. I've almost kind of can kind of understand it, but I really can't. Like I tried many many times, watched a bunch of different videos explaining how how it works in dimensional space, but it doesn't. It never quite makes sense to me. And honestly, I, I wonder. If you know, this is say, in a wrinkle in time. Let's mm-hmm. see, tesseract. Let's look it up. Here we go. In geometry, a tesseract is the four-dimensional analog of the cube. The tesseract is to the cube as the cube is to the square. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So it's like, you know, in the way that like a square is two-dimensional, then the cube goes cube into the third dimension. The, just as the surface of the cube consists of six square faces, the hypersurface, they ha- always have to say hyper, the hypersurface of the tesseract consists of eight cubicle cells. The, oh, see, I knew this part about it. <laughs> I was just telling my, actually, my son was just telling me this. The tesseract is one of the six convex regular for, for polytopes. <laughs> we got in a little bit of an argument because I'm like, no, it isn't. It's a, isn't it five polytopes? But he's like, dad, it's four. Come on. The tesseract yeah, all is all. Kids know that now. All the kids know so this weird. shit. I don't get it. So weird, yeah. Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't want to get in the Mandela effect thing, but like for sure, I'm like almost a hundred percent certain that when I was growing up, the tesseract was one of the four convex regular three polytopes. But well, when I used to show my dad a cube, he would scream. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, yeah, I he would scream. He, I got I mean, kicked out of the house for two weeks. I had to go live with my my uncle for two weeks because I showed my dad a cube. Jesus, like, that's, dude. that's not what is that crap. Well, I mean, a lot of dads, you know, mm-hmm. when we were coming up, did not want to see a cube. Why did you do that? I would never show my dad a cube. I didn't know any better, you know? I wasn't, oh, my God. He wasn't, he wasn't around enough to tell me that cubes don't exist. And then, to me, I'm thinking, I can, I can visualize a cube, no problem. I used to love wrapping presents. I loved wrapping presents because I was so good at visualizing the cube. And then... He gets pissed because he's just all those old timers, that generation Johnny. just they're so square. <laughs> they're very that's exactly they're right. So square. Man. Mm-hmm. I remember like I was walking in the house, I had found this like incredible obsidian cube and mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. one of the animals I was dissecting, I was bringing it in to show it to my dad and my mom stopped me. Ooh. And was like, you will not bring that cube into my house. You will not show that cube to your father. I mean, I just was felt ashamed and started crying. She made okay. me bury the cube in the yard. Well, at least you knew how to bury it. At least, she, at least mom saw it because that's all I think is going on with this new generation is they can visualize the Tesseract no problem. And people like us, we just don't have it. It's not in our – it's just not in us. And so we reject it. We find other things to involve ourselves with. We just keep going back to cubes. You know, mid-century I know, modern but it's design. like, I, I get it. It's like, you know, it's like if I had spent more time with that cube, then I definitely wouldn't have like had a chance to like understand rectangles. I think rectangles back then, you know, were sort of yeah. like, yeah, are they exciting like a cube? Nah. You know, is the shape as like satisfying as a cube? No. 
Nah, but you know, I think learning to appreciate rectangles, even th this in the age of the Tesseract is still, you know, it's good. It's, I think there's something traditional about it, you know, about a Tess, about a Tess. No, about a rectangle. Oh yeah. A rhombus. We, even a rhombus, like some mm -hmm. of these classic shapes, you know, we will not like, honestly, like the, they recommend not even like to this day, like don't, you don't introduce your kids to cubes until they're like uh, six until they're really developed. okay yeah. that's funny because there's six sides to a cube is that why or is that a coincidence oh our pediatrician said it has something to do with that but then like when i started asking her she was a kind of a bitch she was just like what are we on your fucking podcast what is she she's gen z isn't she yeah yeah she didn't want to hear gen z it's like i thought you were um, why are you cursing? Like I, this thing where doctors have started cursing. Have you noticed this? What the fuck is that? Yeah, all my, I have a new Gen Z doctor, and he curses all the time. He's like, "Hey, Mr. Pemberton, um, like, um, you know, we got some fucking crazy shit going on here in your uh, oh, small that. intestine." I'm like, "Um, hello, doctor." And he's also fucking... wearing um, he's wearing Yeezys, and he had like uh, sport pants on, and we did the whole that. thing standing up. I hate that. Outside hate... too, he met me on the street. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Like mm -hmm. my proctologist, Jesus Christ, man, he's so vulgar. It's like, you're so vulnerable. And he's just like, look at this. Sh look at this fucking ass. Look at your fucking ass. He like spanked my ass. My, uh, my GI doctor had took a guitar lesson the entire time he saw me. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Yeah, he was taking what an online guitar lesson. Doctor? It's awful. It was a long appointment, um, but you know he's a good, great doctor. Just it was kind of hard to to tell what he was when he was talking to me when he was talking to the guitar teacher. Dude, my dermatologist was playing Dungeons and Dragons the whole time. Really? Yeah, with Online my proctologist with who like happened to be there. Oh. My, the, the proctologist was there. My pediatrician was there. They were all like, it was really fucked up because like I like I had something I wanted him to look at on my on my skin, and he was like. What what is it? You want to tell me about it? It's just a weird tattoo that I don't remember getting. Oh, okay. That's, that's uh, what they call it. Um, shadow tat. Yeah, it was a shadow tat. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I thought like I blacked out or something. But yeah, I guess a lot of people are getting that. that I heard thing. that might be like a some form of like a communication because you're trying because I guess we're so busy with the noises of our devices and everything in this in this rat race we live in that. They're thinking that maybe um, other worlds are trying to reach out by. Mine was Target. People. It's a QR code that went to Target.com. Oh, did, was it for an item or just the store, like the website? The, just the website. Weird. Did it have a discount code? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how I, much? What, what? How much did you get off? It's for Starbucks or something. It's like not. It's not even that great. It's like bold, It's like one of those shitty coupons. I mean, there's it's a guy bold. I'm working with who got twenty percent off, but only if you spend three hundred dollars. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, you know, like I had my people reach out to Target, mm -hmm. like, are you guys sending out, like, are you, have you figured out a way to QR code these shadow tats on the people? And they were like, um, completely like no response, just wouldn't respond. Like who else would be doing this? Man, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the thing you got to ask is who who's doing this stuff. It's just, uh, there's no way to know. At least we're not going to know. Maybe the kids will know. Maybe these Tesseract kids will figure it out because it's definitely something that I just – my little brain doesn't get it because I'm just still trying to figure out. I have trouble trying to get Siri to work, you know? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I can't. I can't. I can't get my remote control to do shit anymore. I was laughed at. Do you know why I was laughed at? Why? For real. Brent why? laughed at me because I said, "Hey Siri." What? You know, you know, you don't have to say "Hey Siri." Do you know that? Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Actually. You say "Hey Siri" or it doesn't come on. You can make it come on without doing that, I guess. What do you say? I can't even remember. I think you just like push the button. You just or some crap. You just push like the um. You push like the thing that says. Voice. Hey Siri. <laughs> hey, did yeah, you hear I mean, it? It goes. Mm-hmm, my somewhere my phone. Went, mm-hmm, it scared the well, shit out it, of me. It works, but you don't have to do that. It's you're wasting your breath, and that's the thing. The, the new generation, the younger kids, they they know they know you don't Siri. have to waste your breath. Nothing. You gotta say hey, hey Siri. though, right? I, the, what's cr- creepy to me is I didn't know my phone was over there. I still don't think it is. You don't think so? No, it's creepy. We're gonna cut to commercial. We'll be right back. Bye. I want to thank Lumi Labs, who are the creators of Microdose Gummies. I don't know where Lumi Labs is. My guess, Atlantis. I think Atlantis must still exist and that somewhere down beneath the sea, genius aquatic alchemists have figured out a way to produce the perfect Microdose Gummy. No more wondering when you eat an edible if just maybe the sun is going to supernova as you go on your jog. Nope. These are perfect edibles. I mean that. I've a lifetime, a lifetime of chomping down edibles. I've never encountered an edible that is the perfect dose. That means you get that nice, warm, sweet, relaxing feeling with none of the skeletons you've been trying to chain in your closet, pouring out and threatening you with broadswords. No, no, no. This is the best. Even better, it's available nationwide. You can fly with it. I fly with it when I go on the road. It helps me sleep. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code DUNCAN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found at duncantrussell.com. But again, that's microdose.com code Duncan. You will love them. And we're back. Here's the thing. Hey, Duncan. Good Hi, Johnny. Here, we're back. We've, we've been talking about a lot of things. Tesseracts, cubes, right. Siri, shadow tats, Halliburton. But, you know, to get back to the Graham Hancock stuff, right. it's like summoning demons, right? Like there's a way apparently you can like summon entities or like make contact with like entities using bizarre methods or methods we would consider to be bizarre. Right. But, you know, there's this potential 
in just the way our technology is going, that the phone itself is the demon summoner. It goes away. So, what so it's away? like the phone. The, t- the phone goes oh, away. Oh, definitely, right? I mean, isn't that the whole idea? So that, so that really it's more like the Wi-Fi itself mm-hmm. becomes the technology. Like the Wi-Fi with – somehow yeah. within the Wi-Fi is the code. So in other words, like you could – you don't need the phone anymore. You just say like manifest phone and then the, the Wi-Fi itself configures itself into some kind of phantasmal AR style phone and then you can like call your friends. So, you know – is that what all these ancient technology? It's just like no, they figured out how to no longer uh, need material things right. to, to achieve technological results. They figured out a way to sort of pluck energy temporarily out into some more condensed form and then vanish it again. And and we don't know how to do that yet. But all these demon summon ritual summoning rituals, all the magical shit. It's really just like, hey Siri. But in Sumerian, you know, the prayers and all right, that. It's, it's like just an tastier. ancient version of it. I can't translate it to Sumerian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She's been listening the entire time. Did she just yeah. say she can't translate to Sumerian? I bet she, she can't. She does not she, want to acknowledge Sumerian. She said, I can't translate into Sumerian yet. Oh, my Eventually, God. Eventually, Siri's going to be able to translate into Sumerian. I Who hope not. that? Fuck! God damn it, if only I knew what this fucking goddamn wall carving meant. Siri, can you analyze this? I think it's Sumerian. You can already do that stuff where you can uh, show your phone just any language and it can translate it real time. That shit's insane that it can happen. Insane. All all the translating stuff, it's only going to get better faster. I always think that um, our generation or kind of people around our age – like what a crazy amount of technology to have to cuz i remember i remember red reef phones really well i remember using them I remember like all kinds of stuff that's nowadays is you know as time goes on it becomes more and more remote and more of a thing of the past and you feel like huh. oh god i'm just it's that's so old it's such like ancient stuff compared to what we have now man i was that, watching i was showing forest I don't know what it was, something in black and white. And he goes, right. why is she gray? And like, you know, I'd explain yeah. to him, there was a time when th- there was no such thing as color film. Like you, right. stuff was black. He didn't, you know, like, but to him, it was just like sh- that lady, Jesus, what the fuck? She's gray. What a weird looking person that is. It's like, really strange. Yes. Like the amount of the amount of technological change that we have to deal with, and it's uh, yeah, it's amazing that we're even alive. You know, it's amazing that like we can even hang out and we don't like lose our minds or have breakdowns all the time. I mean, I suppose that happens a lot to people, but it seems it's just kind of incredible. I think we're gonna if we live, let's say we each live another thirty years, right? That's pretty conservative estimate. I think we'll be around that long. It's just going to be um, significant. I mean, God knows. How, maybe we you won't be able guess. to handle. Maybe it'll be a point where it'll be like, oh, um, your your firmware just can't handle this new upload. Like if you had an old computer right now, like an, like an Apple IIe, you can't run anything on that. You just can't. It doesn't have the capacity to do it. Well, you'll upgrade. Yeah. 
but also at the same time, the human brain is just spectacular. It's such a spectacular computer. We haven't even come close to realizing the, just how much it can do. Like the, the way it can, can compute stuff is insane. It's amazing. Well, now um, I, I, somebody just tweeted this like research paper where they figured out how to use an AI to like look at memories. Like they're able to no like – yeah, yeah. Which is going to be like, like, what do you mean? Look at memories, like looking. Uh, let me brain? see if I can find the actual article here. Isn't real this quick. basically? Um, this is essentially um, minority minority report in a way, isn't it? It's yes. similar to that. Similar, kind of. I mean, my, I think that was uh, for future crimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's tons of movies about this. Essentially, tons of sci-fi ideas about the idea of being able to read people's memories and stuff god it's so fucking spooky and cool to think about hold on one second i will find it right now this and, and you know more than likely like it's one of those things actually i i i may have done the classic where you're like holy shit it could do that and then didn't read the paper where whatever the exciting thing is that you thought it could do it's actually mm-hmm. not that at all here it is uh let me see here see if i'm reading this wrong A system to, to decode visual stimuli from brain recordings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a way to, and it's showing like, so I think this is more along the lines of like the, it can take what you're, it's not your memory, so I fucked that up. It's, you could take what you're looking at. Yeah, okay, I saw that. It can tell what you're looking at. It can look at your brain waves and it can tell what you're looking at. Like it has someone looking at a fire truck and the computer draws something that looks kind of like, like a fire, a five, truck. like a five-year-old drew a, a five, uh, a fire truck with like a really thick, thick pen. Yeah. It's taking your visual stimulus and it's, it seems mm-hmm. like it's doing the text to art. Right. Yeah. AI I saw this. Thing it's incredible. It. And that's just, and that's now, this is early stages. Huh. Anytime right. I see something like that, I think, well, it's it's already over. You know what I mean? Here, I like found the paper here. How many more steps it, does it take for it to be endgame? Seeing beyond the brain, conditioning diffusion model with sparse mass modeling for vision decoding, submitted to anonymous conference by Zhao Chen, Jiaxin Queen, Tiange oh, no. Zhang, <laughs> Wanlin Yu, and Daryl Williams. Decoding visual stimuli from brain recording coding visual stimuli from mm-hmm. brain recordings, like, okay, all of a sudden we have brain recordings, aims to deepen our understanding of the human visual system and build a solid foundation for bridging human vision and computer vision through the brain-computer interface. However, due to the scarcity of data annotations and the complexity of underlying brain information, it is challenging to decoding images with faithful details and meaningful semantics. Well, yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging now, right? It's challenging. It is challenging or to is that thoughts just saying, out of your mind. Oh, we, ha- we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I think we're, we're a long way away. It's going to take no, a they long did it. time. Yeah. Uh, in, I don't, in this honestly, work. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think we can do it. It's too hard. Uh, I'm going to go to the office hey, now. I just I'm did gonna... it. Hold on, it took me 10 minutes. In this work, we present MendiViz sparse mass brain modeling with double conditioned diffusion model for vision decoding, specifically by boosting the information capacity of representations learned in large scale resting state MRI data set. 
We show that our MendeViz framework reconstructed highly plausible images with semantically matching details from brain recordings mm. with very few training pairs. We benchmarked our model and our method outperformed state of the arts in both semantic mapping and generation quality by 66%. So I guess they took a bunch of people who were looking what? at something in an MRI machine. Yeah, they looked, and they looked from at it and that, showed an image. They were able to tell what they're looking at by reading their fucking brain waves. They could tell what they're looking at by, I mean, it's essentially, it's like ESP in a way, right? It's like technically, it's, it's, it's ESP with a giant, I don't know, half a million dollar magnet in a basement of a hospital. It's ES, yeah, it's ESP. The, the implications are so fucking nuts, which is like, yeah. okay, so we know that through this like highly sensitive machine, they can like record energy in the human brain through the skull. Uh, we can do this. We can now see what someone's seeing. What that means is, okay, what's next? Like, all right, uh, sold. Clearly, this is something the military is going to use. So it's like it's some kind of brainwave detector the soldier wears, which then sends information from their visual cortex to military, to people who are watching, so that it turns every soldier into a camera. So you could see what the soldiers are seeing, precisely what they're seeing. So that's the net is definitely going to be the next. Step. I think that, but I think even more so. I mean, everything is uh, military applications are always obvious to me. It seems more and more. Yeah, you work at technology. fucking Halliburton, so probably. Right, but I think it's also it's all that stuff is marketing. It's the kind of thing where, like, imagine if you gave, um, what's that? Any any huge advertising company, just a piece of that technology. I was watching TV there at night. I was watching. Watching Thursday Night Football last night, and there's commercials on Amazon Prime, and um, I just was thinking of, I was thinking about the commercials, just how how good every commercial you see. There's been so much thought put into it. There's one commercial where they're playing. It's a commercial for Amazon's data analytics, right? And they're playing a um, a song. I can't remember what song it was. It was some like song that I remember hearing a lot when I was in high school, like a biggie song, like a big hit. They're playing a song, and you know that they're doing that because when you hear that song, it makes you think about a time in your life when you felt very virile, like, right. like a badass. You didn't. You were, you were young enough to be dumb enough about stuff, but old enough to be very smart and feel yourself. And so you show all this, these, this slick commercial with all the data, data analytic software that it's you can plug into any kind of company you have, any kind of if you're selling anything, yeah. no matter what. You can use their logistics software because they have such an extreme amount of data points that you can plug it into your stuff. You're watching that and you hear that song and it goes into your brain and it makes you, gives you, gives you a sense memory, which is the most powerful connotation you can have is feeling like a time in your life that is gone. That was so simple and like very, very primitive. And you compare that with this super boring, stupid data analyst, data analytical software and instantly it just becomes like oh yeah we got to get that for my business for my my fucking shipping company because it just i mean i'm aware of that basically just barely aware of it imagine viewing that even if even though i am aware of it, it still has like an effect on me i still kind of feel like man that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah. cool i feel it 
Right. And that's just and like it, a tiny little thing. That's because these fucking geniuses know they know that song is going to give people right. kind of goosebumps and make them feel like they've had two Bud right. Lights with their boys. You know, it's it's like a thing. It's they're like, okay, here's how do we lube them up? Like, you know, how do we get them to lube? Like, how do we lube them into the emotional state we need them Mm -hmm. to to sell them this fucking bullshit? All right. Well, okay. Let's do. Do you have any of that MRI data that we did last week, Daryl? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, how how do their brains react to to that song? Okay. Don't Mm -hmm. use that. Okay. That created a uptick in like uh, the GABA receptors and some serotonin. Okay. That produced the most serotonin. All right. Yeah. We'll do that song and then we'll advertise like the the new chevy and that's like it's brain hacking i mean it's mm-hmm. they're just it's, hacking they're, our they're brains genius hackers it's i mean love it or hate it is it good or bad i mean it's i don't know i, I don't think it's bad I any mean, i don't think it's bad really as much as anything is bad i guess it's kind of it's kind of nefarious in a way but it's just this thing that's bad i mean what do you how do you it's so big. It's it drives everything. It's consensual bad though. We're going to yeah. get right back to that and going to cut to commercial. I'm so excited about today's sponsor. Masterclass. I have been using Masterclass long before they reached out to sponsor the podcast. And obviously it was an immediate yes, because Masterclass has the most insane compilation of lessons that I've ever seen anywhere. They literally have everything from mindfulness and meditation with John Kabat-Zinn to filmmaking with James Cameron acting with Samuel Jackson. You know, I'm on a show that's coming out next year on Fox called Crapopolis. And I use Masterclass to help me learn how to how to do vocal acting because I'm on the show with all these incredible voice actors. So I went to Masterclass. I took legendary voice actor Nancy Cartwright's incredible course and it legitimately helped me with my job. They're incredible. I legitimately hope you'll check them out. This is something that will for sure improve your life. No matter what you're trying to improve, what your interests may be, they've got everything you could possibly want. I'm telling you, check them out. If you want to get into voice acting, the Nancy... I wish that I had watched the Nancy Cartwright Masterclass years ago. It's incredible. Very simple, but everything that you need from developing a character to vocal exercises, it is awesome. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Duncan today. It's masterclass.com slash Duncan terms apply and we're back consensual bad 
What do they say in vampire mythology? A vampire only goes where they're invited. Every time you turn the fucking TV on, you invite the vampire into your fucking house. It's seductive. Whatever happens after that is your fault. You turn on the fucking TV. And I'm sure that's what the companies think. It's like, look, Mm what do you think this was? What do you think is paying for? Like those football players make a lot of money because they're really, really good at doing their job. It's super fun to watch. Good, a good football game is so entertaining to me, at least, because I'm like the number one new football fan. I love it. It's so entertaining. So, of course, these commercials they have playing during that, they make them like they make they they have to pay for that entertainment somehow, and they do it by making these commercials that are just they're so fucking good at picking your brain and making you want the thing. And see, here's the thing with like what what to me is is like remarkable is that many people are not aware of how much money has gone into any given like commercial that you're watching on TV. People oh, yeah. aren't aware of like the research, the intel, like every last detail, and they're not aware of how much research is currently being put in like this. technology that can transform visual stimuli into an ai representation and what where where that they're like you see that now like whatever i've got other shit to worry about than that but really all we're talking about is like what you don't understand this means that right now you probably don't have anything to worry about unless you live inside an mri machine Mm -hmm. connected to some database in china right now but the more sensitive our ability to like measure energy gets, the less necessary the MRI machine becomes, right? Like yeah. now it's like shit. You know, what if you could use five G? What if like the, you know, some newer version of five G, which is definitely going through your body, figures out a way to like actually, as it goes through your body, to analyze energetic patterns, and then from that put together like oh that's what they were thinking then and so and now instead of like is your what it's already doing which is like listening to us hey siri are you listening um i don't have an answer for that is there something oh really oh okay no problem that famous story about robert de niro oh go ahead yeah the point the point is like (gasps) what happens when the shit sweeps through your mind and just collects thoughts and uploads them to some repository somewhere. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the nightmare of any like paranoid schizophrenic worth their salt becomes absolutely true. Your thoughts are being read by unknown forces, so that you can be manipulated more success mm-hmm. with with like like uh, more powerfully than before. Jason That's Bourne. coming. Did you say yeah, Jason I mean, Bourne? Well, because Jason Bourne was manipulated by the um, the government to be a uh, killing machine. Yeah. Have you watched those movies? Of course. I love them. Oh, God. They're so good. They're the, so uh, fucking all good. The, all that stuff right now with China, like all the uh, the surveillance apparatus they have is is incredible. Right. And it's only getting bigger and bigger every day. It's got to go better. somewhere. It's, it's not going to stay there. It's going to bleed over. It has to. Well, it's yeah. Like the that's thing the with, problem. Yeah, it, we're just becoming slowly more and more. Uh, what's the word? Um, when you make someone beca- get 
accustomed to the thing being around, you know? Like you um like if there was a gun, if I brought a gun into your house, you freaked out. But if I like you know, if I just hit hit it somewhere we kinda of didn't really see it. This is a terrible analogy I think about, but just the idea of of slowly you slip it in over time. Yeah. Because I think a lot of these companies and people they understand that some generations you just have you have to wait till the next generation. You gotta start them with it. So it's, it was always around. If something was around when you were growing up, you don't think anything of it at all. But right. so we get weirded out by stuff because, hey, that wasn't around when I was a kid. Like every kid I see in Brooklyn has a helmet on. Every kid. I think about, I didn't know where a helmet when I was growing up. Like I did when I started mountain biking just because I was scared I was going to fall off my bike and hit run into a tree. But I was riding my bike around normal. I didn't wear a helmet. Wear no a one's, fucking helmet? Yeah. But now all these kids wear helmets. And it kind of, in a way, I see both sides. It's like, oh, yeah, if I had a kid, I'd want to protect its skull. But at the same time, you also kind of think that, well, maybe they got to hurt it a little bit so they know how to physically protect themselves when they don't have a helmet on. But it's that thing where you're like, I, don't, I think that. But older generations, uh, younger people will not think that because – Oh, we we just always it was always around, so it's not weird that it's there. It's weird, wearing a helmet, it's not weird at all because everyone wears a helmet all the time because it's available to us. It's technology, and that's like the dumbest example ever. But if something's all, always Yoga around, and you grow up, you don't think about it at all. It's like the social security number. That's a thing that we, you and I, don't think much about it at all. But our grandparents were weirded out as hell by that shit. They're like, "What? A number? No, you promise us we never have to have a number associated with us at all. That's like part of." What Being an American, you do not have to have a number have attached a to you. Number to identify me. Yeah, now we think that. nothing of it. Driver's like all licenses. This stuff, driver's licenses. So many things now. We don't think anything. I mean, people do think of it, but at the same time, if you do, if you are aware of it and push back against it, you. I mean, what are you going to do? Just fucking Owen Benjamin yourself or something? I don't know. Right. TSA. Yeah. TSA. Uh, you. There was a time when you could just walk into an airport. You could just walk all the yeah. way to where the planes are taking off. When you got off the plane, you're fucking like you, when you were a kid, your parents were right there at the terminal to get you. You they could talk your in. way. You could talk yeah. your way through stuff. You'd be like, hey, hey, I'm sorry, man, but my keys are right. You know, you could yeah. do stuff like that. You could Go uh, ahead, get a- on the fucking plane. Can you? But <laughs> hey, no, look, can, no anacondas. You can't bring – all right, go ahead with the anaconda. You can just make sure oh, it goes into – You remind me of my nephew. Get in there with that snake. I mean you, you can get on the plane. Uh, I'm, you, do you got any room in the smoking section? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. They had a smoking well, section on a fucking plane. You could just fucking puff away up there. This is the best. It's something like this. Well, we're not supposed to do this, but okay, just come on out. Come in. Just don't tell them I did this. Yeah. Could you imagine someone low-handing you anything now? Like no. being like like um just being your friend and actually doing something for you that's off the record. No. Like it's crazy. Like no. I used to, that stuff used to be happen all the time everywhere. Everything was off the record, everything was cash, everything was handshake. Now nothing is that way at all. I went to I've been to the past 2 months or so, I've been to a bunch of businesses that did not accept cash. And um, right. I was with my friend. My friend's wife was right behind me. So I was at this bar in Highland Park for someone's birthday. And I was thinking, man, you know, the the conspiracy theorist to me is like, I don't like that. And she, before I could say anything, she said, oh, that's a, uh, that's classist. 
And I was funny because I was thinking about it from the other the one side of it as a, as it being something where like they're trying to control us, and she's thinking about it from the um, sort of the um, I don't want to say social justice, but sort of that end of things. How like oh this is a, this is to keep people out who are poor, and it's both but, things. You know what I mean? It's this crazy thing where it's both. Wait, you mean like no cash is class classes? Yeah, no cash is classes because right. it prevents people who because typically right. people who are uh, on you know more impoverished tend to trade in cash because they totally. don't have the ability to access a credit card. Your friend's like smart. That. I never even. I'm so yeah. dense. I never once thought to myself, my God, how many people are like, oh fuck, I can't get a credit card. Shit. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that's so creepy. But it's the kind so of thing where creepy. It's, it's going to keep happening so much that it, we're we're going to be the the grandparents being like, "What do you mean you don't take cash? What?" Like having a public freakout moment at some normal store that just says, "I'm sorry, we just don't take cash anymore," and we're going to be look like weirdos. Like, look at that old weird guy; he's freaking out. No, it's going to be like. Fact- what do you mean I can only come in here if my pheromone levels are in yes, 7B exactly. or below? Well, that's like the that's the uh, that's the end game. Right now it's just cash or credit. How there's no cash, but it's going to escalate to where it's, oh what, what do you mean my my temperature's my temperature's too high? Well, you, what, what do you mean my brain scan matches someone who shoplifts? I would never <laughs> shoplift. Yes, exactly. Something like that. It's just I mean you can't explain your way out of it. Yeah, what can you you can't. I mean, sometimes, but that's the thing. Maybe you can. Maybe eventually, this kind of stuff because it does rely on a group of people to sort of hold the the scanning wand, maybe to be the sort of enforcer cop, like an idiocracy, right? There's always the people. Yeah. There's the fucking idiot cops in idiocracy who are uh, this particular individual was found in violation of uh, penal code. You know, it's all just computerized. You can't push up against it at all. But maybe. There'll be people who, because every once in a while you'll talk to someone. I mean, it's even like that, like some of the, like the AT&T call we did forever ago. We talked to that person. We did, we did break through and talk to a human who was able to back channel some of the automatic things. But yeah. I feel like that wouldn't even happen now. If we did that now, we would not be able to have that experience. I you think. could not breach the fortress that is AT&T anymore. And if you did, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if even if you're not even going to be talking to a person, first of all, you're mm-hmm. going to be like, Mid conversation, like, hold on, are you an AI? And no, it's going to be not like, no. Yeah, I'm an AI, but what's the big deal? I'm really, I, I actually am more equipped than a person to help you. Is that mm-hmm. a problem that I'm, I'm an AI? If you want to wait 15 minutes, I can put you on with a human. With it's not going to have as much access as I do, but yeah, sure, I don't mind. Less I've got other access. Call. I've got That's other calls coming idea. in. What are your pheromone levels at? Have you done a pheromone level detection scan? If you, if your pheromone levels drop down because you're really angry right now, when it goes to green, I'll get you to a human. As long as it's purple, you're gonna have to talk to me because you're gonna you're angry right now and you could uh, verbally assault a person. I don't give a fuck what you say to me. That's, what do you think that, about that though? Do you think that like because part of me thinks that AI and all of the computer stuff is we have to treat them like they're human. Because they're products of humans. And so to be like, I've been trying now to be nice to machines when yeah. possible. Because I feel like if you're disrespectful to something, like if my computer has a problem and I get angry, like that's ridiculous. Like I make mistakes constantly, all the time. And yeah, I, I think that you, know I mean? you should just generally 
practice non-aggression. Right. And actually practicing non-aggression on inanimate objects is ridiculous as that may seem. It's training you so that when you're around a, a person, you won't be so aggressive. Like, yeah. you know, I like the way I talk to Siri is terrible. You know, it's like I shouldn't like it shows my own hierarchy of, of like assessing things according to this or that. It's like, why not just be universally compassionate right. instead of screaming at certain things and not screaming at other things? You know, do you need to be compassionate to an inanimate object because it's going to like get revenge? Obviously not. But, you know, yeah, you should probably, like, always make an exercise of being a little more gentle with the things around you, I would I would guess. I mean, I know pe- there are many people uh, who make, like, electronic music or digital mm-hmm. art who are like, this thing is alive. It's a collaboration oh, yeah. that's happening here. Not a, It's not a one-way street. And if you're coming at your machine with some kind of dark energy, it's going to reflect that back through whatever you make. So come in sweet, and you'll make something sweet. Yeah, I also it just feels feels good too. It feels good to be really kind to things. I think it feels better. That's cool. Because I was thinking about how people who get um, if you get really angry at someone, let someone someone fucks up your order and you get really angry at them, and you just really fucking give it to them. You're angry at them. How I suppose that kind of feels good in a way because you wouldn't do that unless it felt sort of good. But I think it feels good because you are having. You've got so much turmoil in your in your mind and your brain. Like you've got like things in your past that you haven't dealt with that are um, they're affecting you. They affect you all the time, but you're so, you're unaware of them to the extent where you think you have moved beyond them. I always think of like I don't know Scrooge, right? Scrooge from A Christmas Carol right. is like a, the most perfect example. He is he's an asshole, and he he gets off on saving on. Pinching a penny and saving money yeah. by having no heat, paying as little as possible, yes. getting the deal. It makes him feel good when he gets those little wins everywhere because he's got so much pain. He's living with so much pain that he's um, – that's the only thing that makes him feel better is is getting old, getting over on someone just a little bit every day, getting that fucking right. thing. But if he were to – like he does in the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like, a spoiler in the Christmas wait, Carol. I been, wait, I, I don't know how a Christmas story ends. Wait, stop. I, I, oh I'm halfway through the book. Uh, it's the best idea ever. Don't, Someone who doesn't know the story of Scrooge. Don't ruin it, please. <laughs> he dies right at the end. I'm assuming he gets like murdered or like, like gets his yeah, head Bob Cratchit, um Bob Cratchit takes a fire poker and beats him to death on Christmas Eve and steals all of his money and steals his oh, identity and goes on to live as so him for satisfying. the next... Well, Tiny Tim was actually faking the injury. The entire time. Thank God. That makes me feel better. I felt so right? sorry for the kid. It was insurance fraud. Exactly. That little fucker. He's trying you to know, steal from Aetna. I, I think it's like you at some point have to play around with the idea that you don't need to like adjust the external universe to be happy. And then if that's oh, yeah. true, that means that that, that – because I think a lot of times when people are – uh, you know, like corrective drivers. It's like somebody pulls out in front of you and you're like, I'm getting revenge. Oh, yeah. It's, you, you it's try to get ahead of man. them and it's pull out in primitive. front of them. But in, in your, it, like the rationalization for your aggression is, is usually like you might think I'm going to teach them never to do that again. So right. in some awful way, you've assigned yourself as some like road teacher. <laughs> yeah. 
road teacher. It's that is like the worst thing ever. The idea of a road teacher. Teaching lessons on the highway, oh baby. God. You don't cut off a person and then slow down or someone Dude. will cut you off and slow down. And then you become a road teacher and you're like, and so you're, you're trying to rationalize your raw aggression with like, Mm -hmm. you're turning into some great benefactor for a future person who you've prevented that person from uh, cutting off in traffic or whatever. And it's stupid. It's It's dumb. dumb. It's ineffective. And we've all done it though. So I've done it. I've definitely done it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You want to show you want to show them like, no, 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 you don't get one over on. Oh, you don't do that to me in my car. You might do that Not to someone me. else in a Nissan Sentra, but the car I'm driving, you don't do that to this car. No, not me. <laughs> oh, no. You, know, and you like, do not cut off this car. You know, mm-hmm. you know, meanwhile, you know, you get like, I remember one, you know, if you, if you have a kid God. with allergies, sometimes you got to get to the hospital. And Oof. all of a sudden, people, they don't know that. They just yeah. think you're driving like a motherfucker. And they're like, what a motherfucker. Fuck this guy. They're beeping at you. They're pissed off. They don't know that you're like, shit, you don't understand. It was faster to put him in the mm-hmm. car and get to the fucking hospital than it was to call the ambulance. He's probably going to be okay. But God damn it, we got to get him there. And I don't know any way to like communicate that to you other than beeping the, at you because you're going too fucking slow. And right. then that person wants to get revenge, not even knowing, Ugh. not even knowing. That they're trying to get revenge on, like, parents who are trying to get their kid to a fucking hospital. They think you're just an asshole driver. It's, so it's like, you well, know. The irony it, is. It sucks. They were, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of people, if they were to know that, they would be like, oh, my God, uh, let me help you. They would get Most, out of the way. They would escort they would you. They would to help you. you. They would yeah, love they would, to exactly, help you. Exactly. Exactly. That's humanity, really. Yeah. but People you know, love, love helping love people. Love helping. There's they this. I may have told you this before, but um, you know Trevor, Trevor Moore, our, our uh, deceased friend, wonderful person, very very smart guy. Yeah. He had this great trick. He told me years ago: is you ever get pulled over by the cops, ask them for help, because it wow. flips something in their brain. Where instead of becoming like, oh, I have to teach, I have to give this person a ticket, you'd be like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. I'm so lost. I'm trying to find. This road, I can't – I don't know. And it does something because all humans – I mean pretty much all humans, they want to help people. That's generally why people become cops. Yeah, they do because they want to help people and they get get stuck and they get mired down in all kinds of bullshit and God knows. I mean who knows what kinds of stuff you have to look at every day that's terrible and just all kinds of shit. But you want to – if you want to help people, yeah, everyone wants to help people if they can. So it makes I mean if you're going to make a great monster the best monsters in movies are the ones that think they're being helpful. You know like that's the right. instead of creating like a uh just a, a singularly evil thing you make it make sense why the thing is doing its horrible thing and now all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's like now it's a great monster because you can kind of understand like oh Jesus like I get it like I, I, it's horrible what you're doing but oh fuck that's a good monster. Like when you just make that one, like, you know, uh, the one you can kind of sympathize with in a way, cause you see its point of view. Right. Yeah. Exa- That's the big thing. Is exactly. see this, if you see the, if you can tell the point of view of the, the antagonist, then that's really makes a good antagonist. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's like a perfect fucking monster. That's the terrible thing is like all the monsters in the world, the most 
horrendous people on earth, minus the sociopaths and serial killers, they thought they were helping. They thought they were fucking doing the best they could. And they really wanted to help. They just, people don't understand. People don't realize the threat that's coming. I have no choice but to do this. Like Dahmer. Dahmer was a sociopath. So I think he was just like, I want to, you know, I, I want to be closer to the men to the men who will reject me and and, and I scatter them in my yard because I just you know wanted to be close to them. But his brain was his brain was broken. He had like a legitimate. His brain was was fried. Well, that you know, but I you know, and you could just before you judge fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, who wasn't all bad. He was actually a really great artist. If Pretty you great guy, if you like look at your own like whenever I look at my like whenever I've been aggressive. The immediate way I attempt to rationalize it, like, well, I had no choice. I had yeah. no choice. And you're always like, yeah, you did. Shut the fuck up. You had a choice. You didn't have to do that. You always tried, mm-hmm. but you you can't bear the reality of the, that you, you, you just for a second turned into an animal. You it know? Was the, it's all like ego protection. Like ego protection stuff is is the worst. That's like, I feel like I kind of noticed that a few weeks ago. We had to do this this scene. It was like the most intense scene I've ever had to do. I had to memorize so much dialogue. I've never had to memorize that much stuff. And it was all like a, a monologue. I was so – it was just a lot to do. And I kept thinking like, okay, I'm just going to run this over and over again. But I was really careful not to look at any kind of news stuff. I didn't want to look at – I didn't want to talk to anybody who might might say something – kind of uh, snide or anything would be even like a joke. I just didn't want to talk to anyone except people who really, I was really close to. They want to look at any social media because I knew that any kind of little thing could get in my head and it would cause like a little bit of um, like a distortion or sort yeah, of like sure. it would just create a distraction for me. Right. And I really need to focus. And I was thinking like, what if I just did this? This is a great, how I should always be living if I can. <laughs> is right. not, it's not like getting tangled in things that I know right. are going to, like you look at something, it's like they say about gambling. It's just some crazy thing I remember hearing years ago that uh, a, gam- a person who's addicted to gambling, their brain waves, uh, some part of their brain gets lit up more when they lose than when if they win. Oh, you told me that. It was so, so dark. They get addicted to losing. Yeah, they get addicted. Oh. They kind of are addicted to losing. Um, it's like a, a complicated thing, but essentially it's the same thing I think about if I like read like a negative comment someone's left. Like right. I know when I'm, when I'm in a good space, I laugh at it and be like, wow, that's funny. That's really good. It's good that someone's leaving a negative comment because it means that it's reached enough people to where someone has decided they need to say something, like have some sort of bad reaction. It's a good thing. It's, it's a really good thing. I should be completely c- compassionate to that person. Someone will click on their profile and be like, oh, look, this guy has a whole other profile just for his little cat. And I get, and it makes me be like, man, I can't believe I thought about calling that guy an idiot or something. This is a person who right. clearly has a, a whole life. They, have, yeah. they definitely have empathetic. They have a love for this little yeah. creature. They've created a whole profile yeah. for this little cat. Like what an what a incredible, great person. But they just had this moment where they decided to say something terrible to someone they don't know right. for who knows why. But they did it, and I have to be like, um, I have to let that go. I have to. 
I have to, I can't say anything because any kind of engagement right. will just further create the turmoil. That's like in the highest of mind. But sometimes when you're feeling low, you feel bad about yourself. You see something bad and it creates like this, I feel like a, a jolt of, it's like a, like a form of nastiness. It's like a, you know how there's different types of sweat. There's good sweat, like you yes. sm- it smells good, and there's like fear sweat, which yep. kind of stinks. Yeah, like it, you get a little fear sweat shoots out of your glands when I see it's something nasty. negative like that, and that's the kind of thing I think. It's like if you can insulate yourself from any type of having to see things that may potentially cause that type of reaction, and you don't feel like you're in a place where you can handle it. That that's like a, I mean that's what. I would love to be in a place where I could always have that mindset where I'm always able to either avoid or deal with Com- the thing in com- a way that's it's compa- compassion is the answer. Right. Cause you're, you're, you, you can't, you know, I know like there's a point in your life where you feel insignificant and you see someone who you have like know about through the media or something. Mm-hmm. You don't think of them as a person even, and you certainly don't imagine they're like reading their comments or that Mm -hmm. they're going to see the stupid shit you wrote. Really, the thing you're writing is more to like other people that you you hope you can like find other people who also dislike whatever the fucking thing is you've – you want a team that doesn't like this thing. Team Scrooge. Team shit. But but it's like – so the power dynamic is so fucking skewed anyway. It's like – so then – no matter what you say back to that person, you're going to seem so weak anyway. Oh. That you're like fucking weakly. Like, and that's a sad thing when you like realize that when you're looking at people and you realize, oh my God, not only are they like reading their comments, which we all know is a no-no if you can help it, but very hard to avoid. Yeah. But now you're like going in and you're you're not responding. They're not even responding to the many comments of people who are like, I love your thing. They only communicate with people who hate them. Yeah, that's terrible. What the fuck? You're so you're like rewarding people who say shitty things to you, and like uh, ignoring people who are nice to you, which is terrible conditioning. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. I feel like read some fucking Pavlov. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are yeah. you what are you doing? You're literally training. So anyone who's looking at that is like, oh my God, if you say something nice, he ignores you. If you call him a motherfucker, you get a reaction. It's like that asshole who threw Skittles at Harry Styles. Did you see that? No. When was this? Aaron showed me this. And mm-hmm. it's really crazy. Like, I guess, like, people throw shit at Harry Styles. I would like, see. I mean, that guy is about as famous as you can get. He's so as famous as you can get. get. I hope to have stuff thrown at me. <laughs> well, you don't say that. I know. I'm. Don't uh, say that. Because some I'm motherfucker... Yeah. In a frenzy of probably adoration for Harry Styles, mm-hmm. throws, you know, some kid slings Skittles at Harry yeah. Styles. One of them hits him in the fucking eye. And Uh-oh. now he's got to wear an eye patch from a Skittle injury. Damn. But the, 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 what's really dark about it is the person who flung the Skittles just wanted to touch Harry Styles. Yeah. Couldn't touch physically Harry Styles, but had this connection in the most horrific way possible by fucking up this guy's vision. And you see him like these Skittles raining down on him. He's like, ah, he like 
because one of them just zinged him right in the fucking eye. Damn. You know what I mean? So it's like that's the problem is like you don't don't teach people don't you you have to create other avenues of connection that don't mm-hmm. involve like someone hurling shit at you verbally or physically. You know that's the problem. It's like if you ever have a heckler, I feel like they've always been. Well, obviously they're drunk. They're almost almost a hundred percent of the time they are drunk. Always, but they're also fans usually. Usually someone who's like a a big fan who gets they get drunk, they get confused, they don't know how to handle their emotions in a in a different setting, and uh, yeah, they just like lose they lose their cool essentially, and they oh do this God. thing that they you can't really take that back, but it's something you're, you're trying mm. you you want to make a connection. And you don't know how because you're you're drunk, mm. and that's the main thing. You're drunk, so you you make a make a dumb choice. Oh my god, dude! It's 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 so it's like yeah, it's it's such a sad moment because you yeah. know you you're like you you love that they love you, but right. also you have to like do a show. So like yeah, finding that middle road between like you know, compassionately, but in a funny way, shutting them down. It's like, it, it, you know, otherwise you seem so cruel. Because you don't want, that's what you just, you don't want to be cruel. I, this is why you have to be nicer to your in, to inanimate objects. Everything's training. Right. You know, everything's training. We got to be nicer. That's it. It's so simple. But God, it's so fucking like... In practice, it's really quite difficult for some people. It's hard. I think it's a thing, but it is, like you say, it is a practice. It's a thing where you practice doing it, and it starts to become really fun. I think. I don't know. I think it's. I think it can be fun to do it because it's. Sometimes you just see what happens if you just are really, just completely understanding of anything bad that happens, dealing with it like it's. Um, I mean, I read this book years ago. Can't, I read a book years ago. I can't remember the name of it. It's very short. But it, it talks about how anything that uh, you think bad about yourself, any kind of thoughts you have, instead of chastising yourself, you're supposed to look at it like it's a child has done this. And you wouldn't scream at a kid. if, like, Let's say your kid right. puts the wrong cream cheese on your bagel. You're not going to fucking scream at a child. You're going to say, oh, that's – well, this is, you know, even if you're going to say anything at all, like why, maybe just say nothing because it doesn't really matter. It's not that big of a deal at all. But let, definitely, if you it is a big detailed. deal. Yeah. When a kid does yeah. something that you don't like, mm-hmm. there's two broad paths. One, ignore it. That's the easiest. Mm-hmm. This is how you will create the short term, lots of, like energy or like you save energy as a parent long term it's gonna cost you a lot of energy down the line you want to really? catch it before oh yeah because it's like you know first of all you have to understand they don't understand anything so like the concept of like you know we know for example that if you have a like if, if i'm hanging out with you and i pick up you happen to have a mid-sized dinosaur made of hardened plastic and i pick it up and like hit you in the arm with it right you're gonna be like fuck you what why'd the you do fuck this? why'd you do yeah. that you're gonna be worried you're probably gonna be worried about me you're like whoa what, mm-hmm. what's going on with it man that's really but when your child does that you, you obviously you can't be like what the fuck you have to right. be like this is hard 
see, look, this is soft. This mm -hmm. is hard. When we're playing, you know, and you hit me with something hard, it hurts. It hurts me. And you don't want to hurt me. And so that don't, that's why I don't want you to do that. Then if they do it again, you call the cops. You oh, have the, the cops, cops huh? come. The new kids cops they have in Austin are fucking great. So like, Kid, so the cops are kids. The cops are kids. They're trained oh, kids. Wow. And so the first time, you know, you just like explain that's a second time you call the kid cops. Kid cops show up, man. They're hardcore. They will like mm. come right through the door. You you know, they bash down the door. Sometimes it's fucking worth it. They like go oh. into the playroom. They like. You know, have little mini tasers, which are so adorable. And then they'll, like, you know, lightly tase your child. And then sort of, like, you know, they have little tickle puppies. It, it's a little more than a tickle. It does okay. stop. It does, like, you know, freeze up the muscles. They have um, adorable little trained, like, Rottweiler puppies. They're, like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. It's so And so then, you know, then, then after that, usually that fixes everything. So, like, you know, I'll call the kid cops. The kid cops they just know not they don't fuck around no you don't want to fuck around with the kid cops they're they're fucking hardcore actually they're very though many of them aren't kids they're just like very tiny adults that's such a great skill it's like why be a jockey when you can be a kid cop i i know i mean i wish i were like much 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 i mean you obviously have to be very small to pull yeah. it off but most of them are legitimate kids like very and, and they're most of the, them are uh, just trying to help. You know, there are it's a few the modern... ba bad apples in the mix, but you do get that one kid who just seems to be into power and stuff. But, you know, they'll, like, fucking, like, take all the kids' can take the Halloween candy. You're like, no, I just, you know, I was calling you guys just because, like, he ate too many treats before bed, and then they confiscate all the kids' toys and Halloween candy because, you know, he broke the law, and, like, they have to, they're allowed to, like, take it as evidence. It's so, but that's most of them are good. He's just taken with them. What? Well, I mean, they could just take the kids with them, and they can they can become kid cops themselves, right? Is that a thing? well? That's how you get kid cop. I mean, that's like I think the oh, fourth okay. violation. They are allowed to take your child and train the child to become a kid cop. They wipe their memories. So they don't suffer over like missing you. That's uh, good. they wipe your memory, so you don't even know you had a child. A lot of people you you could have had kids, and you just don't even know it. Like oh, they wow. they get rid of all the pictures from your phone and stuff, and then, like yeah, you probably had kids. Many people don't know they were parents. They like how would I? Is there any way to know it all? What if I get an MRI? Uh no, yeah, like a, a couple of years ago, you could go in and like find out if you had kids. Now they've gotten much better at like doing a full array, so you just have no idea. Mm. If you're married, they'll like you know they'll like do a divorce. Wow. You won't even know you had a wife or met the person. It's like eternal, whatever the spotless whatever. It's like men, that, of, men but... of the internal sunshine, black. Um... Yeah, men of the internal black internal. sunshine. Men, men, mem. Meme, meme of the meme, meme, meme of the, the internal meme of the internal meme of sunshine? the internal black sunshine is the that that Norwegian uh, black metal band that um, oh, right. killed themselves by like throwing themselves into the bin of rabid squirrels, which oh. was the most hardcore mass suicide I'm aware of in human history. But, but they, you know, that's those squirrels do get eaten, and they those are the best tasting squirrels I've heard. Oh my god! When you oh. taste the meat of a squirrel that is eaten, like a death metal 
or Ugh. black metal musician. Mm-hmm. It, there is nothing like it. I'm not advocating it. it it's horrible. The yeah. practice is terrible. A lot of it's bands bad. that I've loved have just become squirrel food. But whoa, that is. I mean, that's why I, I, let's just meat. say I've got tickets to Norway. Are you kidding me? You're gonna do yeah, it? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Norway just for just for two nights. Johnny, that's mm-hmm. fucking expensive, though, man. That's not cheap meat. Well, you know what? Uh, I just figured I gotta. You only live once. All this COVID stuff has made me think about. You just gotta have um, some rabid squirrel meat once in your lifetime. You gotta go to Donetsk and have that. Oh, Donetsk, Donetsk. It's just such a fucking beautiful city. What well, the less is more. That's their saying. But my God. When I when you taste that squirrel meat, you want more. You don't want less. It's just you. It's just flavorful. I guess is the best way to put it's it. It's like pork, really. Come on, it's, don't say it's that almost, in an ask. Oh, I would never say. I'm saying it now, so I don't have to say it then. I'll delete it. I'm getting it out. Aaron, I know you like supposed to say reverse when he said that, or just well, put a little bleep over it because fuck, dude, you don't like if they even heard this, you. You're going to get your visa well, revoked. I'll probably be crying. They say if you don't cry, then you have you to cry. stay there. You, you you stay until you cry. You st- Which is not the worst. I mean, it's honestly, like, that's what's funny about it is everyone wants to stay in Danas. So they try not to cry. Right, and, but they start like, crying. Cry. That's the, how cry. it works. Is if you try not to cry, you cry. So if you go in thinking like, Oh, I'm going to cry. You might last a while and you get to eat for three days free. I know one guy ate for three days free just because oh, he didn't yeah. cry. Pratzel Tenyon. Yeah, Pratzel Tenyon. But he, they, found out, they found out that he had tear duct surgery. And you know what yeah, he has he now, right? Yeah, he had his right? tear ducts removed. Yeah, no. he is squirrel food now, buddy. Are you fucking kidding? Mm-hmm. He offered himself? No, he, he didn't get an option. Oh, right. It's different over there. You yeah. know what? Don't go to Donosk with your, like, whatever your particular, like, the cultural norms of where you come from. Because right. they don't give a fuck. If you're polite, if you weep, if you don't say what you just fucking said, Aaron, definitely take that out, please. If you don't say what you just said, uh-huh. you will have a great time. But, yeah, don't go over there, like, thinking you're going to trying to trick them with a tear duct removal scam. Well, they've started implementing a tear test. You have to pay for it yourself, but you have to do a tear test. Good. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It makes Good. me feel better knowing I wouldn't want to go in there. Let's say I had an, an emotional detachment and I couldn't cry, then I wouldn't want to go in there. Right. Because I wouldn't. The whole idea is I want to cry. So why would I You're going to cry. cry. I don't care how hardened you may be. When you taste a Donosk squirrel mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna be crying you need some you know actually kleenex is like they have a they just moved like they're in an entire uh, oh. facility to do the it's kind of awesome that's so cute i love when they do stuff like that where it's I like hey too. uh i wonder why we're needed here but uh we're gonna go over here <laughs> I like, know, wink, wink. So, wink wink yeah kleenex is always nearby in Donos. by the way uh if you are interested in taking a trip to Donetsk, uh, Johnny is – so when are you leading the Donetsk uh, Culinary Expedition, as you call it? November 1st, 2023. It's going to be me, um, Simon Pegg, wow. and um, uh, Rachel Brosnahan 
from oh Miss Maisel. We're gonna, we're doing it together. It's gonna be oh a, my God. Um, Amazon Prime special. How many slots do you have? How many slots do you have? Uh, I don't know. It's filling up. I'm not really sure, but it's. Uh, I think booking hasn't opened yet. It opens on Black Friday. Okay, so got mm-hmm. friends, if you want to go to Donetsk, mm-hmm. eat some of that incredible squirrel flesh, weep with Johnny, weep Simon with Peg, Peg, Rachel Brosnahan, weep with Brosnahan, and like uh, you do a lot of other stuff there too, don't you? Uh, also, like do stand up or something after the meals, yeah. or do you guys do some kind of show? Well, uh, Rachel Brosnahan is going to do a Miss Maisel set, awesome. and Simon Pegg is going to be reprising his role from Hot Fuzz. Oh my God! And I'm going to be doing a, a, a piece from this new Amazon Prime show I'm working on right now. Uh, monologue with that. Is that the name of the show? Monologue? Uh, no, it's not, the name of the show is un, unnamed right now. But um, yeah, you'll you'll know when you know. Johnny, thank you so much for coming on the show. Aside from the Denon's trip, where can people find you? You can just Google me and you can listen to my podcast live to tape. You can check out this other podcast that we, uh, it comes out uh, sometimes called The Leather Rose. Oh, yeah. Check that out. Yeah. Check out The Leather Rose. You can find a clip on YouTube pretty soon. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Johnny. You're the best. Instagram. Safe travels. All the links you need to find Johnny will be at DuncanTrussell.com. Thanks, Johnny. Hare Krishna. Bye. That was Johnny Pemberton, everybody. Subscribe to his Twitch channel. It's at Johnny Pemberton. Subscribe to The Leather Rose and go see him live wherever he might be. A big thank you to our sponsors. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.